I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Um, Verse 9 starts, Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your Son, Jesus. Thank you that he's not just your Son, he's the Son of God, Son of Man, the Son of David, the Christ, the Messiah. And we thank you that through him we know you, Father, that through him we are reconciled to you so that we can pray to you as our Father. And what a privilege it is to pray. And thank you for that, Father. Thank you that we're not left alone, but you've given us your Son, you've given us your Spirit, you've given us your Word to help us in this fallen world. But help us now, Father, as we come to this message on Prayer can accomplish much. That you would give me wisdom to preach faithfully and give us ears to listen. To see how we can grow in our prayer life, knowing that prayer accomplishes much. So Father, again, I thank you and praise you for your grace and mercy. Thank you again for families. Thank you again that we have a roof over our head that we can meet here on a Sunday and worship you. What a privilege it is. Help us not to take our walk with you for granted. Help us to be grateful and thankful always. Have a a heart that is just filled with gratitude and joy because we've embraced you and your truths. Father, again, have mercy upon us. Thank you now for your word. I pray not so sorely. In Jesus' name, Amen. Last Sunday before I preached, I basically mentioned that when we had our last retreat, as the leaders of the church, we met, I think, on the 3rd, 4th of June. It came up that we need to bring back corporate prayer, congregational prayer, pastoral prayer, which we did last week. And I mentioned that it's important for us to pray um, at our corporate prayer, at our corporate meeting, our worship meeting, and then again at our prayer meeting on a Sunday. It's important that we can come together and, and pray for one another because prayer can encourage us prayer can accomplish much because we're praying to the almighty god and i think that we need to hear more about prayer because prayer, prayer is hard praying is hard walking with god is hard but he's given us his spirit to help us to make it a joy and a, 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 a time of of fellowship with him But the reason why I want to look at prayer this morning is that if we look at the Lord's Prayer, it can help us grow in our prayer life. It can help us know how to pray because prayer can accomplish much. And the other reason why we also want to learn about prayer because prayer brings power to God's church. 
And when I say power, I mean it brings His grace, it brings His presence, it brings Him to our church, especially His grace. So we're going to look at over the next two Sundays, the Lord's Prayer. And then we're going to look at one of the prayers from the book of Acts, or one of Paul's prayers, to see the power of prayer, to see what prayer can accomplish. And this morning we just want to start with the Lord's Prayer. Because a healthy prayer life will help us fight temptation, will help us live consistent godly lives, and will also help us build a healthy church. Not a perfect church. Because if there's things going on in the church and there's sin, it can still be a healthy church because we can bring in church discipline and we can work with God's Word to help keep the church pure, blameless and upright. But like I said, prayer is hard. Robert Murray McShane declared, What a man is alone on his knees before God, that he is, and no more. J.R. Packer said, I believe that prayer is the measure of the man, spiritually, in a way that nothing else is, so that how we pray is as important a question as we can ever face. And how we pray is so important. But why do we pray? Well, I've touched on it a few times. Prayer can accomplish much. James writes, the effective prayers of a righteous man or woman can accomplish much. The NIV says, the prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. Do you believe that? Do you believe that's true? Do we pray? Why are prayer meetings so poorly attended? They are worldwide. Prayer meetings are poorly attended. And prayer, we will see as we look at prayer, prayer is not just coming to show off your theology. Prayer is coming together to build each other up in Christ and to, to, to ask God to help us in our circumstances, help us in needs. We look to God. We're dependent on God. He's not dependent on us. God is independent. He doesn't need us. We need Him. And James is just reminding us that prayer can accomplish much. James is not saying that if we pray according to God's will, that God is always going to answer our prayers. No, that's not what it means when prayer is going to accomplish much. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers. Sometimes we pray for the life of someone and God takes them home. We need to look to God's Word so that we know how to pray and we also know that we must not become despondent and discouraged when God doesn't answer our prayers because we can, we're weak. I've learned a lot more by just looking at the Lord's Prayer again because it teaches me how to pray and, it, and, and also knowing that when we pray publicly and when we pray in our prayer meeting, Power comes upon us. God's grace comes upon us. And I'm not talking about power in a mystical way. I'm talking about power to, to find joy in God's Word. Gentleness, kindness, patience, self-control, etc. The fruits of the Spirit come alive in our hearts. So we want to look at 
this beautiful prayer, the Lord's Prayer, this morning. And we want to learn from Jesus as we look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13, for our prayers to accomplish much, <clears throat> to be powerful and effective. So this morning, we're just going to look at verses 9 to 10. And we're going to look, Lord willing, next week at verses 11 to 13. And we want to start with verses 9 to 10. Because verses 9 to 10 is all about the character of God. And these verses can teach us to pray. Why? Because prayer can accomplish much. We need to believe that. Even when God is not answering our prayers, He's, he, he's still present and He's still interested in our prayers. Our Father listens to us intentively. He listens. And that's the beautiful thing. And the first thing that we want to look at from verses 9 to 10 to teach us to pray is the character of God. But before we look at that, just look at, look at verse 9. And we see there verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6. Pray then like this. Remember the disciples? Basically, ask Jesus to teach them to pray. And he said, pray then like this. And in verse 2 of Luke chapter 11, he says, when you pray. Now, when you put Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, pray then like this. And Luke chapter 11 verse 2, when you pray, what are these verses telling us? That we are commanded to pray. We are called to pray. It's part of our Christian life. If you're not praying, you need to examine your heart and see if you are alive in Christ. If you've been crucified with Christ. And if He's living in you. Because we should be praying. Individually, corporately, and in our prayer meetings. And I hope that we do find time in our quiet times individually to pray but maybe our prayer meetings are like they are because we don't pray individually maybe that's a visible indication that our prayer meetings are like they are worldwide as well because we don't pray i've been caught in this as well it's easy to say to someone i'll pray for you and then you walk away and actually you don't what are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to achieve? We're only fooling God. And when you say that to someone, they, they, they take your word seriously. You've told them you're going to pray for them. And we should. Otherwise we end up being hypocrites. And hopefully at Robertson Reformed Community Church, we can learn from the Lord's Prayer to encourage us, to, to give us the, the encouragement to... Start praying together on a Sunday evening and here on a Sunday morning, congregationally. That we can come together as a body of believers united in Christ Jesus and cry to His Father. And one thing about the Lord's Prayer is you notice how it begins. It begins, Our Father. Someone said this about the pronoun I. 
This is not an insignificant little pronoun, but Jesus is making a tremendously powerful theological point by beginning his prayer with the word our. It's not my father, it's our father. There will be times when we cry to our father, my father help me. But the reason why the our is there, because prayer is focused not just on you, but us. The our takes the eyes off ourselves and puts it on others. But firstly, on God, our Father. He's our Father. Our Father in heaven. And when we, when we cry to our Father, Jesus is also reminding us that we enter into a relationship with God and when we enter into a relationship with God, our Father, we also enter into a relationship with these people. The church is about relationships. We come here on a Sunday and get to know each other because we're a family. Imagine if I walked around the home and 20 years later, Mark asked me, so how's Troy? Who's Troy? I don't know Troy. Never spoken to him. I didn't know he's living in this home. Don't we do the same? I, I, didn't know, I don't know so-and-so's in our church. I've never met him. Because we're not building relationships through prayer or fellowship. God has saved us not to become lone rangers, not to live on an island on our own, not to just to be our own person with him. He's, he saved us and he brought us into a family. So that we can learn to love one another. And, and when we come, we, we, we know that the head of our family is Christ. And the head of Christ is God, God our Father. We are a family. God is not just my Father, but our Father. We are a family because we have the same Father. We worship the same Father. In verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus graciously teaches us, pray then like this, our Father who is in heaven. Like I've said, again, it helps us see who we address our prayers to. Our Father. Jesus is our mediator between God and man. And we should start our prayers with our Father, praying to our Heavenly Father. Someone said, Father is the Christian name for God. Isn't that amazing that we can, that we can cry out to God as our Father? And when we cry to God as our Father, when we address our prayers as our Father, I like what Calvin said, to call God Father is to pray in Jesus' name. Because Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So when you pray to my Father, you are praying in my name. Full stop. Because I am the way and the truth and the life to my Father. So when you cry to my Father in prayer, remember, you are praying in my name. As your faithful mediator. 
And Jesus is the one, the righteous man, and we'll be reminded of this when we come to the Lord's table. Jesus, the righteous man, died for the unrighteous man to bring us to God, his Father. To, 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 to his Father. To see his Father as our Father. And we can relate to God as our Father because we have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters through and by the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 7, we have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters for whom we cry, Abba, Father. Our Father has adopted us to himself as his sons and daughters. What a privilege it is we can cry in prayer to our Father. Our Father who is loving, caring, compassionate. Our Father who listens to us. And when we cry to our Father, we must embrace Him as our Father. It's not, we, we embrace the good news, but are we embracing the God of the good news? And when we think of our Father in heaven, just to, to help us understand this a little bit, our Father in heaven means our God is transcendent. This means God is beyond us and our world. He's otherly. So when you look at a rock, the rock is not God. God is beyond it. God is otherly. God is a spirit. You can't see him. God is transcendent. He's beyond us. But you know what? He's also present. How do we know He's present? Because God is imminent. This means that He is with us. Look at a rock. God is present. But God is not that rock. So you don't worship the rock. You don't worship the trees. You don't worship the sun. You don't worship the moon. You worship God as He is in the Scriptures. God is beyond us, but He's also present with us. He hasn't left us to ourselves. We don't worship Him in the term deism, where, we, where God has removed himself because he's wound up the earth and it's a clock just tick, 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 and things are just happening randomly. No, God is sovereignly and providentially in control of this world. That's why we pray to him, our Father. But it goes beyond our Father. We also hallow his name. But before we look at that, our Father in heaven. That is the highest office anybody can be in. The president has an office, which is a high office, but it's not as high as heaven. Jesus is in a place in heaven, seated next to the right hand of the Father. And when we pray to our Father in heaven, well, we pray as humble servants, hopefully with reverence, knowing that our God in heaven is in the highest office and He has power. And all things are possible with Him. No matter what situation you're in, are you crying out to our Father in heaven? Are you taking your prayer sincerely and genuinely? Not just for a day or two, then you give up. Are you pleading with God 
Are you consistent? Are you, are you persevering in prayer? It might be months, two months that you're praying for the same thing. And praise God for helping you endure that. But sometimes we want everything instantly. We haven't got patience. We just want something now. And things don't just come now. And not to, I look at the young children today and the young men and girls and boys and when they see sportsmen and sportswomen, they want to be like them now instead of realizing what they've been through to get to where they are. Look at Joseph. There's a great example. Second in charge of Egypt. But we know how he got there. Do you want to go that same way to get to second in charge of Egypt? No. We all want to get to the top without any suffering. Endure in your prayer. Keep praying. Our Father in heaven, and then hallowed be your name. That brings reverence. That brings sincerity and, and genuineness. To hallow God's name is to focus our prayers on God's glory. For God to act in such a way that shows His holiness and His glory. That's why on a Sunday evening, if you're there, you know, we always start with a psalm praising God and worshipping God for who He is. Because Revelation says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Before we look at our needs and our wants and whatever, we should always get into the presence of God. Praise Him. Worship Him. And you make Him so great and majestic, because He is great, that your needs sometimes just dissolve. Actually, you don't need that anymore. Because you've seen how great God is. Oh, it gives you the encouragement now to go to God and plead with Him once you've, once you've lifted His name on high. We pray to God, we hallow His name to show we value His glory, we revere His honour and His holiness, and we treasure His character. Our Father listens to us. He inclines His ear to us. And He shows us His compassion. Even if He's not answering our prayer immediately. He listens to us. Psalm, I think it's Psalm 100, Psalm 5, says this. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my kin and my God. For to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. God is listening to us when we pray. If we're in Christ, and we're praying to our Father. But as we come to verse 10, it goes from our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, to your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. The focus is still on God and His work and His will. 
And again, we're looking at the character of God. There's a quote that I was just reading, and it's a beautiful quote. When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what someone said. They said, the first petition in the Lord's Prayer is that God's name be hallowed, God's name be revered. The second petition, your kingdom come, builds on the first by showing us how God's name is hallowed in the world. God reveals his character and reputation as his kingdom spreads to every corner of the earth. And as, and as citizens, his adopted children of that kingdom, do his will on earth as it is in heaven. God's will is for us to be saved. God's will is for us to be spirit-filled. And God's will is for us to walk humbly and obediently with him. And so his kingdom can advance. So his kingdom can come. How does his kingdom come? Well, it can come through the preaching and teaching of God's word. When we pray for God's kingdom to come, we are praying for God's reign over his people for their good and their glory. But we also pray for our God and Father for the success of the gospel in the world. Do, do we sit down and pray? For the success of the gospel in this world do we pray for god's word to 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 only not only sanctify and transform brothers and sisters in christ to be the salt and light but are we also praying for god's gospel to be successful in the terms of saving people we have the good news we have the gospel and we have the power to share the gospel so that so that God and His grace can break through the darkness and establish His reign by changing the hearts of rebellious man. We have so much, yet we do so little. And how do I know that? Because of our prayer meetings. It's a visible indication. We all are not happy with load shedding. We all are probably not happy with what's going on in our country. But how much are we praying to our Father, committing our country, committing our government, committing our things to the Lord in prayer? Or are we just waiting for something to happen, something to change? We are called to pray individually, but more so together as brothers and sisters, may be in a prayer meeting or may be in a morning service. We have so much. We have God's Word. And we should not always be praying for ourselves, but we should be praying for others to also be the salt and light out there. Your will be done. God's will is to save people. God's will is for us to, like I said, be the light of the world. We want people to be saved so that God may be obeyed and glorified. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and not our will. God saves us and breaks our hearts to turn them from ourselves to abandon our own goals and our own pursuits for the sake of His it takes our eyes off living for our glory, our self-glory, our self-gratification, 
and to live for His glory by loving others. Your kingdom come can also be a future when the kingdom will come. Future new heavens, new earth. But we, we're, looking at, we're looking at, it's like Colossians says in Colossians chapter 3. And it talks about, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And if we are, if we are seeking the things above where Christ is seated, and we are setting our minds on the things above and not on the things of earth, then we will be praying according to God's will. We will be praying for your kingdom to come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praying to God can accomplish much. But do our hearts desire prayer? Do our hearts desire to meet together as, as brothers and sisters in Christ and pray to our Father and hallow His name? Prayer can accomplish so much if we just believed it. And we trusted God. How was the New Testament church born? Out of prayer. Revival comes out of prayer. Not men getting on stage and entertaining people. You don't look for revival. It just comes. Why? Because people have been praying. Individually, in the closet, you don't even know about it. Corporately, in prayer meetings or in the church. But we need revival, especially transformation and reformation. We need us as Christians to turn back to God's Word and look at our Father in Heaven and see how Jesus has taught us to pray. Because praying Jesus' way can accomplish much. And if we see the character of God, if we see who we're praying to, the Almighty God, the All-Powerful God, the Creator of Heaven and Earth, that does a lot for how we approach God. If we're supposed to approach God's word in fear and trembling, because that's who God looks at, those who fear and tremble and are contrite in spirit and have a broken heart, we should come to God clothed in humility. But it's hard. We need to challenge each other. I need to be challenged. I've been challenged. And hopefully you all have been challenged. But what makes prayer so hard, and, and Lord willing, we'll look at that when we get to verses 11, 12, and 13, because there we start praying for needs. Once we've, once we've cried out to God, once we've praised God, worshipped God in prayer, hallowing His name, then we can start focusing on ourselves and others as well. But lots needs to change. We're very busy. I think a lot of us are busybodies. And we're busy doing what? And it's amazing that God has given us the most, two most beautiful things to do. That is to pray and read His Word. If we're reading His Word, we'll be praying His Word and we'll be living out His Word. 
So hopefully we've been challenged this morning. Hopefully we will come together as a church, pray together as a church, cry to our Father in heaven and hallow His name. Because we see that who we address our prayer to is our Heavenly Father. Hopefully, we will look at the Lord's Prayer and have more confidence to come to pray. Because we can draw near to God with confidence because of who we are in Christ Jesus. And if we come near to our Father with confidence, together as a church, together in prayer meeting or on your own, your prayer will accomplish much. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to see your greatness, your kindness, your love, your compassion. And what a privilege it is just to come to you and cry to you, our Father. You want us to do that. You long for us to look to you for help and guidance and wisdom. Father, please forgive us. For we don't pray as often as we should. We don't pray sincerely and genuinely as we should. Father, please help us. Teach us your ways. Unite our heart to fear your name so that we would pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, please help us. Help me as the pastor to, to pray in a way that teaches us to pray. Yes, Father, I too, and we all find prayer hard. But if we can encourage each other, it's all about just talking to you, like children talk to their fathers and mothers. Help us, Father. Help us to, to break down our pride and our self-righteousness and just to come as children praying to you and seeking your guidance and your will in our lives and for your kingdom to come and your will be to done here on earth as it is in heaven. And thank you, Father, for all that you've given to us in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we can now celebrate the Lord's Supper, knowing what Christ accomplished for us, so we can pray and cry to you, Abba, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Jesus. I pray and ask this all in his name. Amen.